Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Favorite time of the week, we get to talk college football with Matt Baker. We've got bowl season. We've got the Gasparilla Bowl right here in Tampa tonight. Florida UCF get together at Raymond James. Matt, it probably gets better than this, but hey, this is the mythical state championship. So uh, what are you looking forward to in this one? You won't get to look forward to Anthony Richardson. He clearly is out. Correct. No Anthony Richardson. Um Florida's had a couple other opt-outs or transfers. Um, leading tackler Mahmoud Diabate is not going to play. He's in the transfer portal. Zach Carter, one of the best defensive linemen for the Gators, he is also out. He's He opted out. He's getting ready for the NFL, the, the Hillsborough um, high, high School product. Um, so I don't know what to make of the Gators. It's, it's, Rick, it's just a weird situation surrounding them. Let's, let's be real. Um, the, the starting quarterback is going to be Emory Jones who has told people that we, we talked about this was it last week. Um, he, he's yeah. entering the transfer portal after this. So this is going to be mm-hmm. his last hurrah before he go transfers to school X. So that's kind of weird, right? Like it, you know, that transfers are going to happen, that that's a thing, but to have it be kind of out there, it's just, just kind of weird. Um, I, I don't, I'm not blaming Emory, but by, by any means, um, Emory doesn't have to play in this game, but he's choosing to. Um, and certainly it behooves him to make it known that he's going to be out there in the portal because there's a lot of really good quarterbacks there. And he wants, you know, it's important for schools to know that he's going to be on the market soon. So if, if they fit what he's looking for and, and vice versa, they know he's available. It's just, it's just kind of a weird layer. Um, then you talk about obviously the, the transition with, with coaching staff. Um, you know, Greg Knox is still the interim coach. He said he's talked with Billy Napier for about 10 minutes. I think he said he had a 10 minute meeting with him. So that's kind of weird, right? <laughs> like, um, I, I asked Damian, I asked Damian Pierce, the running back, about it yesterday. He's like, it's, you know, every, every, all the all the coaches are being professional. It's not like you know they're they're fighting and or punching each other or anything like that. They're they're all being professional. But it, like, we know what's going on. We're not dumb. Um, so it it's gonna be. I think what we see. Remember last year with the Cotton Bowl um, against Oklahoma. Dan Mullen said afterward, that wasn't the, the 2020 team y'all saw out there. That was the 2021 team. We we're getting a kickstart. I think this is going to be more of the 2021 team than what mm. to expect from 2022. Now, practices have been the same with the Gators. Not like there's been any wholesale changes. There are some changes with the roster, but n- not a ton. But just in terms of what it looks like, it's going to look more like 2021 rather than what you can expect 22 to look like. And... But there's so many changes. I don't know what to make. I just don't know what to make of this. It is a weird one. I mean, uh, you know, even with Emory Jones, I mean, good for Emory Jones. If he doesn't get hurt, he gets to audition for every other team in America. By the same token, where the Gators have been better served, I know Richardson is out, so that takes away that option. But is there another quarterback that they might want to have seen? I mean, this game, in the end, doesn't mean anything, um, except the Florida fans are going to pay good money probably to go see it. Um, so it, it, it's just strange, you know, guys in a transfer portal and you're going to, you're a Gator fan. You're like, yay, we don't have them. If he goes out there and throws for 300 and runs for a hundred, it's going to be a real mixed emotional day. 
for Gator fan. You know what I mean? Well, I, my hope, first of all, I, I, you know, they do have, obviously they have backups. Carlos Del, Del Rio Wilson and, and Jalen Kitna are both freshmen. I don't think either one is going to be ready to to take on a starring role in a starting role against a, a pretty decent UCF team. So Emory Jones is the option, right? Like yeah. he, he is, that's, that's who they got. Um, my hope, look, I, I don't tell people how to spend their money or, or boo or not boo or anything like that. But my hope is that, Florida fans would appreciate what Emory has done. And, and I'm going to be writing that in, in, in the Tampa Bay Times and TampaBay.com. Um, he hasn't been the savior that, that people thought he might be. You know, I, he, he was a, a blue chip recruit, you know, the, the first big get for, for Dan Mullen, poaching him from, from Urban Meyer in Ohio State. He hasn't been a superstar, but he's been steady and, and he's contributed a lot o- over the years. And I think he's handled everything as well as you could expect. And I thought the same way about Kyle Trask um, and how he handled things. Obviously Trask had more success, but it's not easy to be a 21 year old kid or whatever, 21 year old uh, student and thrown into a situation where there's a quarterback controversy and you finally get your chance. And the guy behind you is probably better than you. And then you've got people upset with you and booing you and all that stuff. But Emory has handled this as well as you could hope a, a young adult would handle it. And I think for that, he deserves a lot of credit. And, and my hope is that Florida fans recognize that on, on um, you know, in, in the Gasparilla Bowl at Ray J and, and uh, you know, treat him accordingly. Are there, this is a long shot question, so don't, uh, it's just me, but are there any early um, suitors or, or uh, you know, I don't know if they make odds on this in Las Vegas, but like, where are some of the places, what kind of schools are we looking at for Emory Jones? I mean, he was a blue chip coming out he has played he has experience it's not as if he can't help somebody right away he can definitely help somebody right away the problem is that the transfer portal is loaded with quarterbacks and we've already seen um slovis transfer from usc to Pitt, and spencer rattler go from oklahoma to south carolina and there's just a glut of really good quarterbacks who didn't work out at my first school. I'm going to go to my second or, or third in some cases. So I I do think he's an intriguing name. He is very talented. Um, He's quite good with his, with his legs and and he's, he's got a good enough arm as well. The the interceptions are going to be something that scares away some teams for sure, but this wasn't the best situation this year and that's not all on him. So I, I don't know what level necessarily. I, I mean, I don't think he's going to drop to an FCS school. I, I think, but I, 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 is he going to go to like another Power 5 school? I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But he'll have a home somewhere. I, I, I'm confident that somebody's going to see that this guy is a talented player and can come in, bring some immediate experience and leadership to my locker room and, and make a difference in, in, in the 22, uh, 22 season. Matt, I was happy to see 2020 end, and then 2021 came came along and said, uh, oh, yeah, hold my beer. Um, and <laughs> so here we are at the end of uh, a long college football season, which was played with fans and all of that. Um, but this new variant is sweeping the country. The NHL has shut down. Who knows what the NFL is going to do? They've had a game every day this week. Um, so... You go down to the University of Miami, who is now in full COVID protocol. They have a Sun Bowl game on New Year's Eve against Washington State. I don't know if that one's going to be played. And, and I mean, can't we anticipate there might this might happen for the next couple of weeks or week or so? Yes, absolutely. Um, 
I, I have a vested interest in the Washington State Miami game. I'm, I'm actually wearing. Uh, I, I don't wear like team gear because I don't root for teams. Right. The the one one exception I make. I'm currently wearing a Washington State University pep band long sleeve t shirt because um, <laughs> I'm I'm friends with a couple of the um, the band directors out out there, and uh, obviously they're trying to figure out what's going on and. Are we going to El Paso next week? Are we not? Uh, I don't know. So I have a, a personal stake in what happens there. Um, I don't know what's happening. As we record this, it's 9.14 on Wednesday morning. Um, Miami and the Sun Bowl are supposed to talk later today to try and figure out just wh- where are we? Where, where are things? How, how sev- Is there an outbreak? How severe is it? Um, what position groups are, are hit? You know, just the basic stuff that teams went through all the time last year and figure out is the game playable or not um the sun bowl director uh was talking to the miami herald and said like you know i just bought 187 pounds of steak or whatever for some sort of (laughs) thing that they do with with, with the teams the sun bowl and you know if it um if the game cannot be played then obviously you'll have to eat the cost no pun intended and, and donate it to charity or something but um so their sun bowl is assuming the game will be played but we'll see whether that's possible. And it, it's not the only school. I mean, Texas A&M, uh, according to, um, I can't remember, the two, I think it was a 247 outlet um, that covers the Aggies. A&M is dealing with some, some COVID issues as well and before they play uh, Wake Forest in the Gator Bowl up in Jacksonville. So this is where we are right now. I mean, the numbers are going up in Florida and, and going up a lot across the country. I don't know what all is going to happen in the next couple of weeks. Um, I know that I am, you know, I'm, I'm fully vaccinated and boosted. I will be wearing my mask indoors a lot more than I had been uh, in right. the fall when things kind of relaxed a little bit. Um, but I'm hoping that, you know, the, the game, the Gasparilla Bowl feels somewhat normal. And uh, I'm covering the, the Cotton Bowl semifinal and the national championship game. And I'm hoping all the access and everything leading up to it feels normal as well with, with just with masks. Look, I ask this because I don't know. Um, and, and you know, with the NFL, they've they've switched protocols. They were they were testing vaccinated players once a week. They were testing unvaccinated every day. A little different because it's negotiated with the union, et cetera. In college football, does it take a breakout before they begin testing, or are they just assuming that, or or are these guys tested regularly just to see? I mean, I, this you know, with this variant, sometimes there's no symptoms. Do they wait for them to be sent? I mean, like, it, there's not a governing body for COVID testing in college football, right? Correct. It's a conference by conference thing um, where, where every conference kind of came up with its own guidelines. That's why you saw situations where um, like there were slightly different protocols in terms of how many players did you have to have available to play a game? Some, it was like, if you have X number and some was, you need to have at least I'm making the numbers up five defensive linemen and Mm. six offensive, you know, that, that type of thing. So Mm. everybody did it a little bit differently. And that included testing. I I don't remember uh, any of the specifics off the top of my head, because frankly, I, I, I tried to flush that down in in 2020, (laughs) uh, throw that down the memory hole for, forget it happened and move along. Um, I did not, (laughs) certainly did not think that we would be sitting here having this, uh, this, this conversation right. and, and you asking a very good question that I just don't know the answer to right now. Yeah. Well, I guess uh, we're all trying to figure it out as we go along. So there is no real uh, certain answer for sure. Uh, before we get to uh, talk a little bit about the national college uh, football semifinals here that will be uh, played on new year's Eve. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Um, I did want to ask you a question about Urban Meyer. Look, he spent you know his entire career, illustrious career, um, certainly one of, of great achievement, unparalleled by by most uh, in college football with national championships at Florida, Ohio State, you know all of that. Uh, undeniable the impact he had um, and the success anyway in college football. Now we've had this situation in Jacksonville. It, uh, certainly there was mistake after mistake. Uh, the NFL game uh, clearly uh, did not fit Urban Meyer, and, and I'm not, I can say with some certainty, I don't think you'll see him in the National Football League again. What about college football, though? Um, certainly we know he could maybe, uh, you know, maybe Fox hires him back for big noon TV and all that. But in terms of if Urban Meyer wanted to, if he wanted to coach college football, do you think there are so many places, right? So many teams. What kind of level of, of, of uh, program would he would he be able to, to work at, do you believe? Or has he been damaged to, to some point? He's definitely been damaged. I don't think there's any question about that. Um, so there's, there's two parts to your question. Mm-hmm. One is what level would take him. Um, like, I don't think a, a Florida, Florida State, Georgia, mm-hmm. Notre Dame, Oklahoma, the elite jobs. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think they would take him. I would find that pretty hard uh, to, mm-hmm. to believe. Um, yeah, dudes won three national championships, but there's a lot of baggage there too. Um, mm-hmm. and, and things got, I mean, Florida was not in good shape when he left. Um, Ohio State w- was able to continue going on because Ohio State is, is recession-proof, and they're the only school in the country that seems to be recession-proof. Mm-hmm. Um, but things just got really bad and really awkward. And and he burned out so fast. And, and obviously, everything that's happened on off the field with the Jags, I, I don't see him getting a job at an elite program. Okay, so then we go to what's next. Would a lower level P5, a Washington State, uh, Kansas mm-hmm. State, somebody like that take? Eh, maybe. Mm-hmm. I would think it would. I would think, honestly, it's some random g5 school that that would take him with some ad who's like i need to make a splash uh nobody here cares about our program we're irrelevant the way to do that is to hire a big name honestly kind of like what what kansas did with les miles to some degree do something like that and and try to get a big splash Mm -hmm. um all it takes is one you know there's what 131 schools in the country something like that changes every year um all it takes is one so that's the one part now the other part is what kind of job would Urban Meyer want to take? Mm. He has a little bit of an ego, is my understanding. Um, <laughs> Where do you think? <laughs> so, yeah, just a, just a tiny bit. So, would he take? I'm just making this up. Would he take a job at Florida International or Akron or Eastern Michigan? No, pro- probably not. I don't see that working. I, I don't yeah. see him wanting that. I, I would see him wanting a real, a good to really good job. And I don't think that's going to happen at his age. I don't think he's going to want to like start at the bottom at Bowling Green and work his way up. I don't think that's going to happen. And then the other component to this is urban was a control freak. 
um, that that's what he did. And you can't do that in college football anymore. You, you can't do it in the NFL because the guys are professionals. They have a union. Uh, you know, they, they don't mind telling you to, to, to screw off and that sort of thing. They're, they're professionals. College, you can still be to some degree the, the, uh, <laughs> the dictator, I guess. But there's also the transfer portal where, you know what? Screw this. I don't need this anymore. I'm going somewhere else. This guy doesn't work for me. Um, you have that agency. You have more agency with name, image, and likeness, and that sort of things. Um, so it's it's the, the game that he left when he left Ohio State is not the game that it is now, and it's certainly not the game it was when he was uh, you know ruling the sport at, at Florida. So I don't know that he would work in college football anymore, and, and I, I would think he could recognize that, but I don't know that to be true. Um, but I certainly think the athletic directors and presidents who would make that hire, because let's, let's not forget, presidents are involved in this too, and they, they, they know what happened. Um, th- so the presidents and ADs who would make that decision, I, I think they would be, they're smart enough to realize that what the way he won is not the way you're going to win anymore. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, you know, looks and players are becoming more empowered. We hear a lot about mental illness. We hear about bullying, all that stuff. I, I think you're right. I think, I think the relationships and the way Urban has gone about his job is, is fading out a little bit. Um, and probably a lot in, in some circles, but um, undeniable he's a big name and and there would be some athletic director out there that would would want to maybe take a swing at him but i and i don't mean that in a literal sense but i i think that you know <laughs> that's that was a bad choice no. of words but i but i i literally think that you know he's not going to take like you said kansas state right he's not going to go to colorado um that sort of thing so uh best best option is probably back on the big noon broadcast on fox i would imagine if they'll have him so We'll see where he winds up. Um, okay, so the national semifinals, uh, you are headed to the Cotton Bowl, where it will be uh, Cincinnati and Alabama. And then, of course, we got Michigan and Georgia in the orange. So let's go ahead and start with the Cotton. Um, look, for all the world, we finally got a, a team in there, right? The Bearcats that they said it couldn't happen, and it did. But their prize for that is is playing an Alabama team that is as good as anybody when the season ended. So what would they have to do uh, just surfacey to, you know, to try to pull off an upset like this in the Cotton Bowl? So I actually think Cincinnati in some ways matches up better against Bama than Georgia did. Um, wow. And what I mean by that, Cincinnati's got really good corners. Um, Ahmad mm-hmm. Gardner and, and, and Kobe Bryant are, yeah. are really good. Their, their, their secondary is, is very good. And, and when you look at the strength of Alabama – it's been Bryce Young and the receivers. You know, John yeah. Mechie is out, which is going to ding Alabama's receiving core some. But um, yeah. the Ohio State uh, transfer Jamison is is a uh, you know, fantastic All American guy. So I think that matchup is, is you know, Alabama probably is favored, but it's it's closer than than you might think. And Cincinnati, you know, Desmond Ritter is a really really good quarterback who's seen a lot of ball and and won a lot of games. So, and that's certainly an edge over what, what Georgia had with Stetson Bennett. So they're not, it's not a terrible matchup. The problem, mm-hmm. of course, is Alabama's got tremendous, you know, a, a lot more depth, a lot more talent across the board than Cincinnati does. So I think, I think Cincinnati has a chance. I'm not saying they're going to win, but they might, they, they've got a chance to be competitive here. And, and if they're competitive, then, then who knows what happens in a four quarter game. Um, my hope with this is that 
let's say Cincinnati gets blown out, which is a total possibility. My hope is that the the college football system, fans, media, prognosticators, all that stuff, don't look at this and say, well, this is proof. You know, finally mm. a group of five team gets in and they get the doors blown off them by Alabama. Yes, see, they should have been playing in the Sugar Bowl or whatever. Yeah. N- n- no, no. Alabama's really, really good. And I got, I got news for you. I've covered some semifinals. They're almost all bad. I, you know, when, when Alabama played Clemson in the national title game here, I was at the Peach Bowl semifinal where they kicked the crap out of a Washington team that had Vita Vea on it. Um, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think Washington crossed the 50 until like the fourth quarter or something like that. Alabama's kicked the crap out of uh, Notre Dame before. Um, mm-hmm. They had a somewhat close Orange Bowl against Oklahoma, but it wasn't really that close. Um, I, I was at the first playoff, uh, 59 to 20, Florida State lost to Oregon, and somehow it didn't even feel that close. Like, the, 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 the games are usually blowouts in the semifinal for one reason or another. So let's not pretend, like, just if, if Cincinnati gets blown out, and I'm not saying that they will, let's not pretend, like, this proves something about Group of 5 versus P5. No. That, that proves that Alabama is really good. And shoot, last year, Alabama kicked the crap out of Ohio State in the national championship game. And no one was like, well, see, Ohio State doesn't belong. No, Alabama's really, really good. They win almost every national championship. So right. that's my hope about a 30,000-foot view. Is it's, not a refer- it's a referendum on this Cincinnati team and this Alabama team, not on the next round of Cincinnati or UCF or whoever it's going to be in the future. That's a great point. These national semifinals with, with powerhouse programs, name programs, brand programs like Notre Dame, um, have not been close, and so you can't then hold a different standard to Cincinnati if Alabama is Alabama on that day, and um, they're likely to be. And, boy, I just go back. Man, that, that game against Auburn, I keep thinking about that comeback that they had and mm-hmm. where, you know how, how life might have been different for them and so many other teams if, uh, if they don't pull that out. So, uh, But here they are again, the Crimson Tide, with a chance to win another national title, and Nick Saban, of course, no stranger to that. Okay, the one that I'm looking even more forward to and uh, nothing against the Cincinnati-Alabama game that you will be covering is Michigan-Georgia because, look, I'm, I didn't see this coming necessarily this year because I didn't think that Jim Harbaugh was ever going to beat Ohio State. Um, and, and the way they did it is impressive. And I mean that Michigan has turned into an extremely physically imposing against you know your will. We're going to run the ball. We're going to do things uh, and, and stop you on the line of scrimmage um, on both sides, really. And, and it's been impressive to watch them do that. They play a Georgia team that got stung, um, but is, is very, very good in their own right and certainly has a great defense. This, this seems like a really close game to me on paper. Uh, Matt, I, I'm looking forward to this game. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to, to watching that one. Um, it's going to be – this is one of those where the, the – it, they're very close, I think, in, in the way they play. Um, they're, they're both going to do a lot of, uh, they're both going to run the ball. They're both going to try to stop the run. The strength, I think, on both teams is, is just the lines and, and kind of the front seven on defense and, and the offensive line. Um, it's going to be kind of old school football. Um, I think, in, I think honestly, that favors Georgia. Um, Georgia's got more depth. They got more dudes. Uh, and, you know, just like I think that the matchup with Alabama and Cincinnati gives Cincinnati at least somewhat of a chance. I think this matchup 
I think Georgia is just a better version of Michigan, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Michigan deserves to be the two seed. You know, I'm not taking anything away from that. But I think when you look, kind of stack them up top to bottom, you know, Aiden Hutchinson will probably be the best player on the field, the Michigan edge rusher. But Georgia's got a, you know, a lot of guys who are going to be two through seven or eight when, when you start lining them up. And I, you know, I think Georgia is going to be able to stop the run um, that Michigan's quite good at. And then it's a question of whether Michigan's going to be able to to pass the ball effectively enough to win. And I'm not sure that they're going to be able to. So I, I give Georgia the edge there. But um, yeah, that, I think that's going to be a. You know, we, I, we talked about how this there haven't been good playoff games. I think this one's going to be an exception. I, I don't think it's going to be the most. Um, aesthetically pleasing game it's not going to be like the the fantastic georgia oklahoma rose bowl that went to like double ot in 2017 i guess it was i think it's going to be like that but i think this has potential to be a really close just bruising brutal fun game to watch and if everything plays out by chalk that would seem to mean that we'd have a rematch of the alabama georgia sec final which isn't the worst thing in the world but the rest of the nation would groan, I'm sure, yep. uh, and go, oh, here we are, SEC. Oh, yeah, by the way, you got Texas and Oklahoma coming soon, too. Um, look, I, I would watch it. I, I don't know that Georgia has enough to, to get past Alabama, you know, and, and, and you know, turn the tables on them in, in the final. But, you know, that's why they play the games. But there's got to be SEC fatigue in college football right now, right? Among its fans, of anyway. Course. If, you're not an S- of if you're not an SEC fan, you're just it's like the it's like the Patriots with Tom Brady every year. Well, then then beat them. Here's your chance. Yeah, yeah. Here, here's yeah. your chance. Cincinnati yeah. rise up and do this. It's yeah. I mean, it would be one of the if Cincinnati's able to do this, it would be one of the greatest stories in the you know the last thirty years of this sport, maybe more than yeah. that, um, and. Michigan absolutely has a, you know, like I said, I favor Georgia in that game, but Michigan has a chance. They have a very real chance. I, I would not be shocked at all if Michigan, um, if Michigan pulls it off and, and, and then goes to, to Indy um, for the national championship game. So if you don't like the SEC winning all the time, here's your chance. Do something about it. Um, you're right. The SEC fatigue is real and it has been real, um, but nobody keeps knocking them off. So, and, and you're right. It's going to get, more extreme when texas and oklahoma come um and the other part of this too is that's still looming out there is college football playoff expansion at some point i do think it's going to happen um i i believe the counselor of elders i don't remember what managing commissioner i don't remember what their stupid name is but the people who actually like decide what the playoff does those people are supposed to be meaning around the national championship. And I think there's a chance that maybe they actually figure this thing out and expand it to 12, which would be fantastic. Yeah, the SEC is going to get more teams in there, but it's going to be a chance for Big Ten teams and Big 12 and Pac-12 and whoever else to make a run to upset some of these guys. Um, You know, when you have to play it out a little longer, this gives you more opportunities to knock off a Georgia. Maybe there's a bad matchup against... Oregon, I don't know, whoever it is, and maybe to kind of end some of that SEC fatigue. And and if nothing else, it makes more teams relevant for longer, both in terms of the regular season and in the postseason as well. So I'm still optimistic that they're going to resolve their really minor differences 
and, and make that happen sooner rather than later. But there is nothing easy about this stupid sport, which is part of why it's so much fun. It's been a lot of fun this year, and and uh, I'm, I think these games are going to be fun too. Matt, before you go, uh, I, I I was surprised to learn. Well, I shouldn't say I was surprised to learn, but you have a new member of the family, and I'm just <laughs> curious, like how that's working out because. Uh, I've done what you've done before. It's been many years, and we don't have pets right now. But so, so now a little cat has has uh, crawled into your life, huh? That that's correct. So um, I I grew up with cats and dogs. I'm 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 cool with both. But my wife yeah. has been anti cat. Um, ah. or the the, the four year old a couple times has asked for a cat, and my wife's like, no, I don't want a cat. Cats are stupid. Mm. Um, <laughs> but one of our friends found a, a cat. A stray kind of came to their house. They kept him for a little bit. But their cat did not get along with the new cat. Um, uh, but uh, so, you know, she was sending us pictures and my wife kind of gave me that look. I'm like, uh, you really want a cat, uh, don't you? you? You want to do this. And then we, we brought him in to see how it would work with the dog. And the answer is not very well, but it doesn't matter because uh, my, my wife and kid, and let's face it, me, me too, we're, we're all smitten with Charlie. Um, so, yes, we have a, a new addition, Charlie. He and, and the dog, Reggie, uh, sometimes get along. Um, Charlie spends a lot of his day, actually, in the office with me uh, mm-hmm. on the desk, curled up, sleeping, occasionally <laughs> jumping on the computer. So if you ever see a weird tweet from me, like a bunch of X's and Q's or whatever, uh, it, Charlie sends his love. Ch- Charlie could probably make better tweets than I have, I can tell you that, um, based <laughs> on too. my feed. But but that's interesting. Well, they, they, They've learned to uh, coexist, and sometimes... That's the best you can hope for, right? I mean, dogs and cats living together, right? It's not uh, not perfect, but it's good they they've kind of carved out their own niches here. So yeah, exactly right. The dog keeps still keeps trying to eat the cat food, and we still got issues here to, to resolve. But it's resolved yeah. enough to where they're coexisting, and Charlie is Charlie's not going anywhere. I can assure you of that. Well, good He's for Charlie. He's found a home. He's found a good home, and uh, and the Bakers have a new addition to the family. So. Uh, happy holidays to uh, to Reggie and Charlie and all of you, Matt. Uh, thanks so much for all you've done throughout uh, the season with college football. We hope to talk to you again uh, about the national championship, certainly after the games for sure. But in the meantime, safe travels, man, and uh, happy new year. Sure. Thanks, guys. Merry Christmas. All right. We'll update all the Bucks injuries, man. They got a slew of them, of course. Leonard Fournette, Levante David, not going to play for the remainder of the regular season. What is Mike Evans' status? We'll have to check on all of that with the Bucks. Um, just so many injuries from that Saints game. See who they have available for the Carolina Panthers coming up the day after Christmas on Sunday. So we'll preview all of that as well as some more of your mailbag questions, which we didn't have a chance to get to. We will do that on tomorrow's podcast. My thanks again to Matt Baker. For Steve Burstyn, I'm Rick Stroud, the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. 